Music intro again today. I know Ryan can't hear it on the fire. It's fire intro music for everyone that is listening out there. Spotify, uh, what's going on, Ryan? We're gonna preview the NFC North today for everyone. Not solo today, Ryan. With me, thank you for joining. Always happy to be here, bud. Oh, man. So, NFC North, not a big NFC guy myself, but I know that uh, your Eagles play in the East. Uh, that episode is up and posted at the time of this recording. So, everyone uh, knows my feelings of your Eagles, which I won't say that they're positive or negative just for the pure tease. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I have the Eagles winning the division. You can check that one out uh, on the previous uh, playlist of the Back Porch Overs Club. But today, uh, we're in the North. Uh, not a huge fan of this division at all. But uh, just like the previous episode, we're going to go from the uh, predictions of winning the division to the bottom tier, the bottom feeders of the division. Um, and this division is kind of up for grabs, I would say, right now. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, definitely based off a lot of the offseason moves, I wouldn't say there's a any clear um, contender to take the division off the top of the head, off top of my head. I would say it's pretty even. Um, no one really got significantly better, and they're all kind of right in that hunt, and it's going to really come down to those divisional records decide the winner. Yeah, that's definitely uh, that's definitely what I think too with the NFC North. Um, for the last God, I feel like my whole entire life it's just been dominated by Brett Favre and uh, Aaron Rodgers. And there was a time where like Jay Cutler was competitive with the Bears, uh, right. but it just always seemed like they did more noise in the playoffs and actually competing for the division. Um, and it's kind of hilarious that the Packers only have one Super Bowl to uh, show for it. So um, it's, but it's probably worth it if you're a Packers fan. Um, I know that you have a Super Bowl as a fan um, that I do not. So I'm sure the feeling is a little bit different if you have one, uh, if you have one of those fun trophies. Oh, it's very nice to have. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think anyone's winning the Super Bowl in this division this year. Uh, but let's start at the top, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my division winner. Um, you can agree with me or disagree, but we'll we'll still uh, preview the team together. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I will come out and say that I think the Vikings will win this division again. I am a Kirk Cousins guy. Um, not normally, I was not a Kirk Cousins guy for the longest of times, but the quarterback documentary watching Kirk Cousins, like how can you not be a Kirk Cousins guy after watching that? He's just that kind of guy. He's got that lovable factor about him that you just, you want to jump on board and do whatever he needs you to do. Yeah. He's just, he, he's a dude that you can root for where everyone is getting the money and doing the, doing the crazy things and the big watches and, you know, look at me, look at this, like Kirk Cousins just is living uh, his middle-class life in Minnesota. And one of the smartest businessmen in the field today, um, I would say, because 
the dude is just getting guaranteed contract after guaranteed right. contract. Um, just, just absolutely uh, changing the thought process for um, that. And we root for him because he is a Big Ten guy, Michigan State. Um, that those those Michigan State teams were kind of kind of fun, like low low key, a little fun to watch. So you can't hate Kirk Cousins. Quietly very good for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, their offense, obviously, the big loss there is Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, Kevin O'Connell is a offensive genius. Uh, he showed that last year with what he was able to do. And even in the, the – there is times where Dalvin Cook uh, missed because of injury. Um, and Alexander Madison just stepped in, and it was kind of just like they, they, they didn't miss a beat. On offense, so I'm not really worried about that. However, their defense is obviously the uh, the scariest thing. Um, they do not have a lot of uh, not a lot of talent on there, so they're going to have to score a lot of points to win games. Um, I don't think they're going to dominate as much as they did last year because I think they were like nine and one in one score games. Um, that luck is going to change this year for them. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I also have the Vikings to win this division. Um, not with the ridiculous record that they had last year where it just seemed like every 50-50 chance went their way. Um, this year, I think I I wouldn't be shocked if 9-8, and eight, maybe 10-7 and seven wins this division. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty realistic outcome for a few teams, but I, I would say the Vikings are the top team for me in this division. Um, you touched on Dalvin Cook as a, a big loss. I would say Alexander Madison, like you kind of echoed, has really shown that when he is called upon to take Cook's replacement time, he, he's proved himself pretty pretty well, and he's kind of earned this starting job for them this year to see how it works. I also think the acquisition of uh, Jordan Addison, who I'm going to just pat myself on the back, I called was going to get drafted there on draft night. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, a very underrated addition for this team, even though he was a first rounder. I don't think he's quite getting talked up enough uh, just because he has arguably the best receiver in the league on the other side and Justin Jefferson. So I, I think uh, Addison could really show some, some big things this year as a rookie and push that anywhere from 800 to a thousand yard receiving type of season. Yeah. I mean, uh, some, someone say that uh, Jordan Addison is a speed demon. <laughs> Uh, I had to, I had to, I had to throw that one in there. That's a, that's a, that was low hanging fruit. Uh, but yeah, Justin Jefferson, uh, Jordan Addison should be seeing a lot of one-on-one coverage with, uh, mm-hmm. with JJ on the other side. And then not to mention uh, the big man in the middle, TJ Hawkinson, uh, just great offensive weapons for the uh, Minnesota Vikings this year. KJ Osborne, Jalen Rager, uh, they they got a lot of a lot of dudes on offense, but obviously the worry mm-hmm. is the defense. But I think they can I think they can still win the division um, with their experience um, that they have. So we will move on to the second place finish of the division. Could be a wild card team um, mm-hmm. if they if nine and eight wins this division. Um, the only way that they can get in uh, another team, I would say, would be a nine and eight high with a, a tiebreaker to win the division um but uh i'm gonna take the lions here i know i'm i'm, I'm big on the bears this year we'll get to that here in a second but um i think the lions are just 
just that talented where you can't pick against them. I think the big mm -hmm. thing with the Lions is that they do have the veteran experience, which is another reason why I have the Vikings to win the division. But Jared Goff is a, is a pro. He's been there before. He knows what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. He might not show up and play in the Super Bowl, but he knows how to get there. Um, and it's, uh, it is fun rooting for Man Campbell. Um, I early on in the off season, I was, uh, I was kind of penciled myself in as naming the lions, the 2019 Cleveland Browns, just all the hype in the world, Super Bowl aspirations, um, getting dudes that come in that will make a difference. Like Jameer Gibbs, uh, a full season, what we thought of Jamison Williams, uh, before the suspension, uh, I just felt Sam Laporta coming in. Uh, I just felt like the expectations were so high. They're coming off hard knocks. Like the the media loves them. All all the football fans are like rooting for them. Detroit and Cleveland are so similar itself. Mm -hmm. um, so I just felt like they were the 2019 Browns. And then I looked at their schedule, and they have. Uh, I don't know what the ranking is, but if you look at their schedule, it is so easy. I know they open up against the Chiefs. But oh my God, they they give home against Atlanta, home against Carolina, at Tampa Bay. They play the Vegas Raiders on Halloween, which Jimmy Garoppolo will be hurt before Halloween at home on Monday night. Um, obviously, they play the Bears, a better team, uh, but they do finish with a little bit of a gauntlet, which is uh, going to be hard to hard to ignore. Uh, but they can go on a run a little early in the season and limp their way to the finish. Uh, but their final four, uh, home versus the Broncos. Broncos are a good team. Don't don't let them fool you. They had a top five defense last year with a bottom five offense. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you go to Minnesota. That game is hard. It's a division game too, so it's it's harder. Um, then they go to Dallas on Saturday night in Jerry's world, and then they finish up at home against the Vikings as well. So another division game. So their last month of the season, a little bit of a gauntlet to go through. Not but any. I think the way that they can that they can do it is they can get that early stretch and then they come back with Jamison Williams on the back half of the season and they can they can limp their way to that nine and eight wild card or division. Mm -hmm. Those games with the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're reading each other's mind a little bit because I also have the Lions to finish second in this division. Um, nine and eight seems pretty reasonable for them. Kind of very similar to the Vikings. It's a team that's going to be all about the offense and hoping their defense keeps them in games. Definitely a, a little bit different oh, look for the Lions this year, but it's going to feel very similar. Replacing Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift with basically carbon copies of those players, just younger in David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Mm -hmm. From a fantasy aspect, you know Gibbs is going to produce. There hasn't been a top 12 picked running back who hasn't finished as a, a top 15 running back in in the NFL. So you know that he's going to – Well, you also know he's going to make an instant impact because of it. So he, he's going to get his, and I would imagine Montgomery gets his as well, which will open it up for, for Goff and that experience – it's kind of weird saying he's one of the most experienced quarterbacks in this division, him and Kirk Cousins. But, uh, yeah, the, he's going to – him between uh, the Sun God, Amon Ra, 
as well as uh, Jamison Williams when he comes back, adding that deep threat level. I think uh, this offense will be right up there again as a top 10 offense. It's just going to be, can that defense hold on for them? I think that final stretch where you get Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings again is going to be kind of what defines their season. They could very easily go into that nine and five, or if it could end up much worse. But uh, I think realistically, they'll be pretty close to the Vikings, probably lose on the tiebreaker and finish second in this division as well. I think that's probably the most likely outcome I see happening. Yeah. I mean, they had a chance last year uh, to get into the playoffs, but like you said, that defense just limped to the end, and then they spend their first-round pick on, uh, on uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs. And then who did they uh, – who else did they, they pick? Um, they went Gibbs. They went – was it – it was Jack Campbell, I believe. They went the linebacker from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can pull them up right now. Let's see what their, their draft picks look like. Yeah, and then they went Sam Laporta as well. I remember, um, and then you know, branch. Yeah, and then they also uh, they also took Hendon Hooker to mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, an oh shit, he's on that team um, that came up this weekend because he's wearing number fifty, Teddy Bridgewater, the backup quarterback. So the Lions are kind of oh, in yeah. good in a <clears throat> in good condition there mm-hmm. if he ends up like getting hurt, like Teddy B. You, you know what they say. They call him Spready B. He knows how to cover the spread. Um, so I I don't hate the Lions this year. Um, I hated them a lot more uh, before I saw the schedule. But uh, I think I think the Lions could, could make some noise this year. But like you said, the, that defense is really what could be, uh, could be their issue if they do not make the playoffs, I would say, mm-hmm. probably more than likely the defensive uh, unit's fault. Perfect. All right, let's hear. Who do, you, who do you have third in this division? I think this is where we might differ a little, but I'm, I'm curious to hear it. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been known as a Bears guy this year. Um, I like the Bears. I think um, I'd have to look this up. Uh, I think if you could look it up for me while I talk. What is the Bears' um, season win total line for Vegas? Um, because I am very intrigued. This might be a, a Scotty wins play of the year that I will be nuking if the number is where I think the number is at. Let's see what you're my, my number is if, if it is six and a half, I'm going over. It's not quite six and a half. What is it? It's seven and a half. It's seven and a half. See, that's where they get you. That's where Vegas always wins. Because if the Bears go seven and ten this year, that's a really, really good season. Good season it, it, it screws the betters. And I'll I'll have to dig more into it before I say that I want to do that. Uh, but I'm big on the Bears this year. I I think Justin Fields can make all the throws. I don't think that he had the time to do it in the pocket last year. Mm-hmm. And he, he noticed it, and the Bears noticed it early in the season. Um, they are like, hey, we got to get this guy on the move. Um, if you remember in 2020, um, he should have beat Clemson. Um, and I think they would have won the national title that year. Um, when uh, was, was that 2020 that I'm thinking? His first year... When they were, he was driving down 
Um, and what's it called? Was it? It was a lave, I think. Uh, it was a scramble drill, and he went the wrong way and fields through the ball, and it got intercepted in the end zone with like I want to say it was like thirty seconds. It was. I think it might have been a fourth down play. I forget. I try. I I tried to forget. Um, but Fields can make all those throws, and he's he's so accurate. And it's the same thing with C.J. Stroud. They're very accurate quarterbacks, and like obviously the Ohio State stigma um, is still out there. But I think Justin Fields is the guy that starts changing the narrative, followed by Stroud. And I think that, that they're going to have similar paths because Justin Fields' rookie year just not, you know, not ideal um situation but you know there's been improvement and then they went out and they made the trade for chase claypool and then they they made the the deal for dj Moore, um and they got a they got a heck of a return to uh for that pick and i think that they they invested in the offensive line and they're always sound on defense in chicago and mm-hmm. matt Eberflus, like i'm not giving up on him but this is a big year for him and um, Justin Fields. So I think, um, like, I think the world of Fields, and I think that they could be a sneaky team in the NFC North this year. Um, my one concern with them is I don't know what Khalil Herbert can do as a straight every down back. I think he's electric in uh, in the pass game. Um, I don't know what they plan on to do with Dante Foreman. Um, I think that the Bears are a um, candidate to make the trade for Jonathan Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that would be a place where they uh, where they try to look to improve um, because, dude, Justin Fields in the backfield with Jonathan Taylor and then say, like, they bring DJ Moore in, in motion or even St. Brown, like, and line them up in pistol formation, that would be, that'd be sick. So, uh, oh, Yannick Ngakwe also uh, on the Bears. That's right. They did make that signing. So they're, I think they're a good team, man. I really do. Yeah, so I I have them actually finishing fourth in this division this year, and I don't want it to come across as a negative. I do think they make huge strides from where they were last year. I just don't think they quite have the pieces yet. And I think, as you can see in their kind of draft capital they have for next year, that would be, for me, the make-or-break year going forward for this team with how much they were able to acquire for next year's draft and that trade for the number one overall pick. Um, I, unfortunately, being a Penn State fan, I'm also a big fan of Justin Fields. um, So it's hard for me to root against him. I just – I'm not convinced by the weapons yet. I have a little more faith in Harvard than I think you do, but – I agree that he's definitely a position you could look to upgrade. And I think DJ Moore was a great start for this offense, but between him and Mooney, I don't think that's a receiving core that strikes fear into any defenses and really makes your game plan an excessive amount of time for, I think they probably have the weakest receiving core in the division still. And I think that's going to be a problem for them as the the NFL kind of goes more and more towards the passing attack, especially with, Cole Clement really not having broken out yet as the tight end they were hoping he would be. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be in a lot of close games this year. I think they'll play a lot of hard games. I just I don't see this year being the year that they quite push it over the finish line yet and start making up ground on the other three in the division. And I think next year, would, if um, 
to keep the coaching staff intact for next year. I think next year would be the year you see them start contending for this division. But I think five, six wins is probably where I would put them at, even though that doesn't sound great compared to where they finished. I, I, I do think you see sizable differences that make you optimistic. I just don't think they're quite there yet in their construction of this team. No love for uh, Chase Claypool in that receiving room for you? He did no. great for me fantasy his rookie year, but he's kind of disappeared since. And he went yeah. to Notre Dame, so he will get no Fair. love from me. That is that is true. We're not Notre Dame guys or uh, or Chase Claypool guys because uh, he likes to talk. He likes to talk that talk, and then he got got against the Browns. So absolutely, I, I'll, I, I'm cool with the disrespect. I, I think that he is talented though. Uh, but mm-hmm. he definitely he definitely has a big year this year. Um, I think he's in a contract year, so I kind of like that for him because, um, mm-hmm. you know, wide receivers just love to get paid. Um, so I think uh, we might see a little bit of a different Chase Claypool this year. Let's hope to see it for, for the Bears' sake. Yeah, for, for the future 7.5 wins' sake, at least, <laughs> uh, if that becomes a play, um, which – Transfers us over to my fourth place finisher, your third place finisher, the Green Bay Packers. And um, I want you to convince me that they are the third place finishing team in here because I just I just don't see it. And I could go on, but I want you to convince me and I'll tell you why I think that they are the fourth place finisher. All right. Well, I will start by saying they're probably the most seasoned team, even without Aaron Rodgers, this feels like a team that even when people come and go, the the mentality doesn't change. Even with LaFleur at the coach, it feels like a team that's kind of always known how to play football. It may not be the prettiest football, but it feels like Green Bay Packers between coaching staffs, between quarterbacks doesn't change. It's the exact same team mindset wise. Not only that, I, I would argue that I think they have a top two or three backfield with Aaron Jones and and uh, Dylan, I know yeah, people, people kind of give uh, Aaron Jones the slack. He's going into a or he just renegotiated, I think, to be back for the this year and next year. Um, he's getting a little up there, but there hasn't been really any signs of him slowing down. Um, especially, I like to bring the fantasy aspect into it. The the man has been a borderline, if not RB one, the last three or four seasons. Hasn't looked like he was slowing down at all, and I think they could really be heavy reliant on him and his versatility he brings not only as a runner but as an excellent pass catcher and I think they have a quite the young core of receivers and unlike or just like uh, your favorite team in the AFC uh, the Steelers the Packers have been notoriously good at drafting second round wide receivers and turning them into stars and I think they have quite a few on this team that they may not be the Devontae Adams or the Jordy Nelsons but Christian Watson Jalen Reed, as well as late, late pick and Romeo Dobbs all showed really, really nice flashes of being guys who can come out and make an impact on the NFL. And I think Jordan Love, even even if he's average, has enough weapons around him to kind of hide his inexperience. So that's why I have them over the the Bears, just because I, I feel like they're a team that really hasn't lost as much without Rodgers, even though that is a very big piece. But Rodgers was very mediocre looking last year. So if Jordan Love even just mimics what Rodgers did, I think they're in shape for a good season. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. Uh, I think Aaron Jones is incredible. I do like him. Uh, 
I don't think that he's going to get 16 touchdowns again this year from mm-hmm. a pure fantasy standpoint. Um, but Rodgers was not the same dude last year as he was in uh, like previous years from on mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers scale. He was still pretty solid quarterback, had a chance to make the playoffs in the last week of the year if the, you're winning, you're in situation in literally the last game of the week. Uh, so I will give you that on the the Jordan Love aspect. The the receivers aspect, um, they've drafted well, but I, I really don't know if that's um, if that's on coaching because we've seen it in Pittsburgh where that second-round receiver is good and then they, they just turn them over and then they go get paid somewhere and then mm-hmm. they just aren't the same receiver. Uh, I don't know if it was Big Ben and – Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, if they made them that much better. Um, so I, I think it's really comes down to uh, Jordan Love has to show me that he can be that dude, that he can even come close to Aaron Rodgers. And it's kind of like, a, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a Trey Lance kind of situation because that's a, a whole different mess that is going on with him in San Francisco. What happens when you make that trade and you give up three first round picks and like you can't even get on the field. Um, so that's just a, that that's a whole nother uh, worm to can of worms to open up here when we do the NFC West preview here in the next couple days. Um, but it, it just boils down to the the Packers have had one Super Bowl win in the last 20 years. Um, their coaching hasn't been great. Um, I think LaFleur is in, insane on offense, but they've given Aaron Rodgers the top 15 defense once in his career in Green uh-huh. Bay, and they they won a Super Bowl when it happened. And I don't know if the Packers can be good without Aaron Rodgers being there to pick up the slack. Like they have been, they have been in a, the bottom 12, bottom 10 to 12 defenses the whole entire time with Rodgers. And they were still getting they they've had four first round buys. They were going thirteen and three, uh, fourteen and two. I think they had a fifteen and one season and ended up losing like their first playoff game um, with with Rogers. So unless That's they can figure out something on defense, I I don't know if I can put my my eggs in the Jordan Love basket just yet. So just brainstorming a little bit. What do you think stat line wise, Jordan Love would have to kind of put up for this team to? be good enough to at least be third, maybe even contend for second? Mm, I think he needs like uh, 3,700 yards passing. Uh, he probably needs 25 to 30 touchdowns with a range of like 8 to 12 interceptions. I think he needs to at least be 2.5 to 1 on his ratio um, if the, if that team's going to be good. But also, I, I don't, I'm not a believer in their defense. I, I think that all these teams are very similar in the division where they're going to have to score a lot of points if they want to beat teams outside of their division. Mm-hmm. And that might, that, that might be a, a play of the year is just take, take the overs in the NFC North games. They're going to be probably they, – they're, they expect defense to be played in division games, so Vegas is probably going to set them between 40 – like every game always ends up being like 47 to 53 it seems. Um, but you know, if you get, if you get 28, 24, uh, every week, you know, you can get, you can get 35, 28 every single week in one of those games and it would go over. 
So that mm-hmm. that might be something to to look at because I don't know what defense is stopping anyone in in this division. Agreed. I will say the one other thing I have going for the Packers is I think they have arguably the best defensive player in an impactful position in this division, and that's Jair Alexander. I think he, like you said, this this division really doesn't have much talent on the defensive side of the ball, and he's kind of one of the the few guys I would consider as a pro ball caliber defender in this division. Yeah. Yeah, I do do like me some Jair Alexander for sure. Oh geez, that uh, that was a quick uh, quick twenty nine minutes for the NFC North preview, and that's gonna kind of be our our conclusion here. Do you have any other uh, wrap up words, Ryan? Or no, I just uh, you think anyone in this division has enough to make a late playoff push? I would I would tend to agree with what we've kind of echoed so far. That I would say they are probably a first round and done type of division, but. Yeah, I, I I don't know if they can. I don't think that they can compete with any of the NFC East or NFC West teams. Mm-hmm. Um, one and one and done for sure. No Super Bowl winners in this division. I would agree. All right, well, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up on that note. Uh, take uh, take it with a grain of salt, though. We're not experts. We just we're doing this for fun. Uh, if our takes are correct, we will brag about them. If they are not, you know, we're we're just guys being dudes and having fun about it. So exactly. If we're right, tips will gladly be accepted. If we're wrong, we will still gladly accept tips. I, I will be very upset if I lose coin on the, the bear season over win total, though. Uh nobody tail that pick. Nobody tail that pick. <laughs> not all right. Make sure, <laughs> make sure uh make sure you follow us on Instagram, uh Spotify. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Uh, Facebook as well, like the page. Instagram content is blowing up. Um, So make sure your followers are there. Take care, everyone. Have a good night. All right.